Traveler, we're live from the apocalypse. Hello, folks, and welcome to part two of our Academy H arc, Sparkles and Trauma. I am Julia, and I play Lyra Kroll, who is currently known as Bethel. Academy H is our ongoing masks campaign, and in a few moments we'll be checking in on the characters to see how this whole entering a dark and mysterious mansion unannounced and uninvited is going for them. Everything we do at Live from the Apocalypse benefits a charity or a nonprofit, in this case, Planned Parenthood, which is a critical resource for many, many Americans. We record this show live at twitch.tv slash live from the apocalypse every other Sunday at 6 p.m. EST, where we do the majority of our fundraising. We would love for you to stop by and hang out in the chat. It helps keep us on our toes, and we always have a lot of fun over there. For all of the live from the apocalypse schedule details, our socials, and a link to our Discord community, you can check us out at lfta.card.co. That is lfta.card dot co. I am excited for what you're about to hear in this episode. We had a lot of fun recording it and exploring some of the complex situations with this fun little budding team dynamic we're building together. Without further ado, here's Academy H Sparkles and Trauma Part Two. So, last time on Academy H, our squad had entered into the gothic mansion that is sort of inexplicably located on the Brandt Academy's campus. Its appearance has neither really been questioned nor explained by anyone up to this point, but in the wake of their evaluations by the Brandt Academy faculty to determine whether they were suited for enrollment they found themselves drawn through the doors and into the house by sparks of magenta light, very reminiscent of the after effects of one Danny Carseat's magic. And those sparks led you up to a tree in the parlor, planted into a pot, growing inside, not very tall, just a sapling. Still, as you examined it, something about it seemed up. Danny touched it, and in so doing, caused a very peculiar chain of events. Forces of gravity upon you multiplied. You felt pulled down to the ground, almost threatening to crush you underneath a monumental, almost cosmic weight. And under that pressure, the pot that was containing the tree cracked, sending dirt spilling across the floor and surging out from the broken remains of that pot were roots that began to burrow into the floorboards of the house. The world turned around you, flipped upside down, and your bodies reoriented themselves as 
the forces of gravity upon you dissipated. And you found yourself standing pretty much exactly where you had been, in front of this sapling tree with roots fully integrated into the floorboards of this house, and a strange feeling in the pits of your stomachs. What the fuck was that? I don't... Oh, I taste egg. Oh, don't do that. Stop. Stop. I was about to say, what are the odds of us getting accepted and expelled on the same day? But uh, we'll put that on hold. Do not throw up. Yeah, if you puke, I'm going to puke. And I didn't even eat eggs today. I am I am begging. I, like, put my hands on his shoulders, but I also, like, all the way as far away as I can. And I'm like, do not throw up in this house. I am actually going to take a look at the tree and the room, and I'm going to actually actively try to engage my super senses to try and scan outside the visible spectrum. Extremely cool. You would still be assessing the situation, but I will give you more information if you succeed, given that you have multiple senses that other people don't possess. Cool. Uh, And that's superior? Yes, that is with superior. Cool. Superior. All right. That and my superior is zero. So that would be a six, which I believe is a failure. Six is a failure, um, which means that you get to mark a potential. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like you must be getting close to five. Uh, I'm at three right okay. now. Um, but everything that you see as you look around, regardless of whether you are just looking with your regular eyes or your infravision, uh, is it just those two senses? Uh, so sort of, so infravision, x-ray vision, and then sort of a, a loose set of the sense, like what is magic actually, you know, that sort of thing, like, and a loose sort of a uh, vision for weird shit. You cycle through those and everything seems completely normal. I'm going to suggest since, you know, that happened. Danny, do you see any more pink moats? I believe they're gone um, once I touch the tree. Cool. Everything looks normal. At least I think it looks normal. I don't know what I'm friggin' supposed to be seeing. Well, you know what? Let's leave. I'm not going to leave the tree. The tree, when I touched it, did it like suck magic out of me? Is there a way for me to assess that situation? You can also roll to assess the situation. You can also roll with superior. A seven? Seven is a success. You get to ask one question from the list, and I can read that out to you once again, if you would like. I have it up on my phone, because I now I realize I can access it. How could we best end this quickly? You look at the tree, and you, you're not actively using any additional senses that your comrades lack. It's not like when Victory does it and knows that he is using infravision or x-ray vision or anything like that. But you get the sense from the tree that it is connected to where you just were. And that even though everything around you appears exactly the same, something about it feels fundamentally different. Nobody teleports Danny but Danny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Okay. So we are no longer where we're from. Danny, do you think this is where you're from? Did it take you home and take us with you? Can I open one of the windows and look outside? 
You can. You pull back the curtains, and beyond, you see at first what you think is only darkness. But as you look a little bit closer, you realize that you can see something. It's packed dirt pressed up against the windows. No, we had a sun where I'm from. What does that mean, Danny? The sun is a big star in the sky. I don't think this is where I am from. Okay, that's fine. Um, Danny, touch it again. Okay. I cautiously, slowly inches his hand forward before just flicking it real quick and pulling it back. It feels like touching a tree. I think I broke the tree. I didn't even know you could break trees. I thought getting expelled was the worst thing that could happen as a result of this. I did not realize we might be somewhere else. It's fine. You know what? Technically, someone lives here. So, and I'm going to go out into the hall and I'm going to start being like, hey, we're in your house. Hello? You don't receive a reply. How far away from the the tree did all the branch the 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 roots go? Did they like spread throughout the house, or are they still like in relatively close proximity? So they are basically right underneath the tree, but they are connected to the floorboards. So like you can see where they oh, so they didn't spread out like wild. No, no. So you can see where they connect to the floorboards. It looks like the tree grew straight out of those floorboards. But earlier it was potted. Earlier it was potted. Yes. I don't want to kill the tree. Hello, tree. You receive no reply from the tree. Damn it. Three times. This is not a nice tree. And I'm guessing none of us are botanists or anything. I mean, I know I'm not. I don't know how botany would help. Looking at the windows, like I feel like we're, we're buried alive, apparently. Would you rather be buried dead? I'm thankful to be alive. <sighs> As you are standing there, trying to figure out what to do next. The almost oppressive silence of the house all around you is split by the sound of three extremely loud gunshots that sound like they're coming from upstairs. I'm already out in the hall area, so I'm going to just start up the steps. Yeah, heading up the stairs. All of you follow the sound. You ascend the staircase to the next floor. As you hear the gunshots, three at first... And then a few more. As you crest the stairs, you hear what sound like screams. You hear a woman scream. And then you hear what sounds like children scream. And you can clearly hear which room it's coming from. It's coming from a room that is about two doors down from the landing. Kaz freezes when he hears that. He just stops moving. Danny picks up pace when he hears the scream. Earlier, he was slower, but now he is running. Lyra is glass claws out. Uh, I'm going to kick in the door. You kick open that door, and suddenly the noise stops. Mid-scream, the noise disappears. And it is an empty bedroom beyond. Looks like it hasn't been used in years. There is a layer of dust over almost everything. There is a four-poster bed pressed up against one of the walls. There is nothing in this room that feels personalized. It could be a bed and breakfast. So not only is it underground, it's 
haunted. We're buried alive in a haunted house. I love this. I love everything about this. I have a question. Mm-hmm. What is haunted? Um, do you have ghosts where you're from? No. Okay, that makes this harder to explain. When something dies, but it won't leave. Like a body? Like a soul. And it causes problems because it won't leave. That's haunted. I have a question. Yes. What is a soul? That is a very long and in-depth philosophical debate I'm not qualified to have with you, but the simplest theory is that it is your consciousness when it is no longer tethered to your mind. That happens? So the theory goes. I'm gonna, like, reach back for the doorknob and, like, pull the door closed. (laughs) Kaz is actively having a panic attack. He's probably halfway up the steps and is just, like, standing there hunched over, like, shaking. So before before, um, Lyra can close the door completely, um, are there any windows in that upstairs bedroom? There are, yes. Do they also appear to be completely packed in with dirt? They also have those very heavy curtains over them, but if you pull those back, yes. All right, yeah, I, I am going to try and explore and try to determine if if how far up this this entombment goes. All right, when when he starts to like go in, I let go of the door, take a step back, and then Lyra like looks back over to where Danny is, and then pass Danny at Kaz on the stairs, and is like, "You good, bud?" And he just shakes his head. Okay, um, I'm going to go back down on the stairs to where Kaz is while they check out the window situation. Okay, Kaz, in moments like this, it is almost universally true that Jonathan will appear, but that has not happened this time. Kind of had a feeling, which I'm sure is making all of this so much better. So you're having a panic attack. And like desperately looking around to see if Jonathan could just be somewhere somehow just out of sight. So yeah, that's all like what you're seeing is him hyperventilating and like staring around panickedly. Lyra, what are you doing? I'm doing the requisite first aid that I would have to know in order to work with children. And I'm going to get them to sit down and put their head between their knees. I'm just going to do the basic like this is what you do when someone is hyperventilating and might pass out. Are you saying anything? Not yet. No. Okay. I'm just doing. And Kaz doesn't fight that, but it does not change the fact that he continues to hyperventilate. While that is going on, how are you investigating the entombment, Victory? I am going to actually try to see if I can get to the roof or to the attic to try and see if there is a top to this place. Uh... Just, just to make sure that this entombment goes all the way up. So I guess running off heedlessly into the deeply haunted manor. Actually, when you get right outside the door of that bedroom, right by the landing, basically, you can look up and see one of those dangly little pull cords, like you would see in a house where you can yank it down and it'll fold down a staircase that leads to an attic. But it's not set into anything you can pull down. It's just a cord hanging from the ceiling with a wooden knob at the end. Well, 
uh, it's turned out so well the last time. I'll uh, just yank on it. When you yank on it, it does not do anything. It does not give. You pull as hard as you would expect to have to pull to do something like that, to pull down one of those staircase things, and nothing happens. It feels like you are pulling a string attached to an actual ceiling. All right. Well, are we on the top floor at this point? As far as you know, yes. Although from the outside of the house, you have seen that it has probably one more floor and an attic. I guess I'm going to look around for a staircase leading up. You start opening doors and you do find a staircase, a spiral staircase that looks like it leads up. All right. Uh, Victory is in this case, not even waiting for everybody else. Victory is just going to just climb up as uh, these chairs. Are you taking foolhardy action without talking to your team? I might be. You very well might be. And it sounds like at that point you would be able to clear a condition. Yeah, if you would clear the insecure condition by rushing off on my own. You are no longer insecure. Merely stupid. (laughs) Merely stupid. (laughs) It is what happens. I mean, for you, I imagine it feels like you are taking matters into your own hands. Indeed, yeah. Especially since he's also still angry from earlier, and he's also more accustomed to working solo. He's not used to working with a team. Danny, what are you doing? Your teammate is venturing off alone up a staircase. Your other teammate is hyperventilating on the stairs. Danny is wrestling with the whole soul thing a little bit. That is a foreign concept <laughs> to Danny. But Danny is also um, seeing that Bethel is with Kaz, is uh, following uh, Victory, um, but quietly, like not trying to bring any attention to themselves, just kind of following their lead up the stairs. Okay. You follow after and... You get to the top of the stairs, Victory, and it appears that this floor is primarily a library of some kind. This floor is almost entirely one open room with even more books and curiosities and objects filling it. As you look around, you get the sense that it is half library, half museum. Things are set on pedestals or into alcoves on the wall in such a way that they are clearly meant to be displayed. Is there anything cool? Is there anything that would look cool to a five-year-old? There are a couple weapons, I think. There is a short sword of some kind, a gladius, very, very sort of short Roman sword that is hung up on holsters on the wall. You would also see a katana on the other side of the room. Lots of shiny objects. The katana in a case or on the wall? It is displayed ceremoniously on a rack on a mantle. Danny will pick up the katana and then whisper to himself, Danny katana seat. (laughs) You do so. (laughs) Does anything happen? No. And Danny slips the katana into his overalls. Okay. Just like, I, that's not an extra dimensional space, I'm assuming. You're just very obviously having... No, it's just like, it's like clearly like you can see the top of it poking out. Uh, he like takes the Toblerone, throws that away, and then slips the katana in there. Actually, he puts the Toblerone box where the katana was. <laughs> on the rack. And then bows as if it is a, a, a an acceptable trade. Exactly. 
It's not stealing, it's trading. <laughs> Danny knows how to haggle. That's growth. We're all learning and growing <laughs> so much tonight. You grab the katana, you quote-unquote hide it in your overalls. Victory, what are you doing in this room? Uh, are there any windows? <laughs> yes. These are even larger mm. windows. Um, they're not quite floor-to-ceiling, but this is a very tall ceilinged room, mm-hmm. and they reach almost to the top. Uh, I guess I'm going to be just throwing the curtains open, trying to see if there's anything outside. Very similarly, you do see that the outside appears to be full of packed earth. However, these windows, as you pull back the curtains, are not intact. Mm. The majority of the glass is missing. So it's just packed earth, like I could put my hand into? Yes. I mean, it is packed so tightly that you have to work very hard for it to even give a little bit. But yes, you can reach through it. The edges of the window are jagged with pieces of glass, but the center panes are completely missing. Victory, I have a question. Yeah, Danny? Why do you keep going up? I guess, I don't know, if we're buried or something, then maybe, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe the whole place isn't buried. I don't think we went straight down. I think we got flipped upside down. I think we need to go down to get up. Victory, will you go to the basement with me? (laughs) You know what, Danny? Sure. All right. I'm going to walk. I'm not going to teleport. I don't trust this house to not kill me. Uh, Extremely, extremely fair. You start heading down the stairs back on the initial staircase (laughs) where Kaz is having a rough time. While they were gone upstairs, eventually, if this technique did not appear to be helping, Lyra would eventually be like, it wasn't real. It's just the house. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you understand me? It wasn't real. It was the house. And Kaz does manage to respond, but what he's saying makes absolutely no sense to Lyra because he's just like, he's not here. Why isn't he here? Why can't he be here? Where is he? Why isn't he here? And he's just like repeating that over and over and over again. Lyra will listen to that for a second and then she'll say, I don't know who he is, but they probably can't get here because of whatever magic happened downstairs. This house is magic. Remember when I said I did research? This house, and I think everything in it, is magic. If we can't get out, no one can get in. Seems a reasonable assumption. At this point, Lyra's assuming this is the friend who he couldn't, who Kaz couldn't find during commencement. And so Lyra's just like, until we figure out how to get out of here, your friend probably can't get to you. The house is magic. Nothing happened to your friend. It's just the house. And then that's probably when Danny and Victory come back through on their mission. As we pass them, I pull my sword out, my sword, and I say to Kaz, you may borrow this if it will help. Please return it when you are done with it, and then we'll leave that next to them. Danny, do you have influence on Kaz? No, I only have influence on Alex. Okay. Uh, Kaz has influence over me, though. Okay, that's fine. Um, Julia, you can go ahead and roll to comfort or support. So roll with mundane. 
technically every time the pool of team gets cleared, it starts back at one. It doesn't start back at zero. So I will say, Danny, if you would like to spend the team that is in the pool and give Lyra a plus one to this comfortable support role, you can. Yeah, it's my support katana, so I, hope <laughs> that I, I could do that. So if that is a with a additional plus one, that makes an 11. I got a, a four and a three, and my mundane is three. Nice. An 11. Perfect. They hear you. So Kaz, you can decide to clear a condition, mark potential, or shift your labels. You can also add a team to the pool. Sorry, Lyra, you can also add a team to the pool or clear a condition yourself. I don't have a condition, so it'll go in the pool. All right. So then we are back at a net one for team. And Kaz, you can mark potential, clear condition, or shift your labels as you choose. I think I'm going to clear afraid because with her saying that, even though we're talking about two completely different things, Kaz is able to put it in the context of Jonathan also disappeared and didn't reappear for a bit during the whole fight with Crossroads and when Danny appeared. So he's able to kind of be like, all right, that's why he isn't there, which doesn't exactly affect the whole reason he started having a panic attack, but it does get him to more of a baseline level. Okay. You're feeling a little bit better and you have a katana. I do. You're on loan. On loan. (laughs) Kaz and Bethel, are you following after your teammates? Yeah. At this point, I'll kind of just like take Kaz by the elbow and pull him back onto their feet. And I'm like, come on, let's go see what they're up to. And Kaz lets that happen and follows after with his loaned katana. You travel through the rest of the house, down in the hallway with the carpet and following that along past some portraits on the wall of people you do not recognize at all. To a person, almost, they have very dark hair. They're very pale. A lot of them look tired and almost haunted. Moving past all of them into the kitchen, which is very outdated, but has a lot of modern appliances and things. The appearance is very old, but all of the equipment and utensils and things that you can see are very modern. Turning the corner of the kitchen, you do see a basement door, which is closed with chains, yellow tape, and a metal sign with a hazard symbol on it that says, dangerous, radioactive, keep out. That's an interesting science label to have in a magic house. Magic is just science we don't understand. I mean, I know what I said earlier about there not being a sign explicitly telling us to keep out, (laughs) but... Danny teleports behind the door. I think as soon as Danny does that, I think it's probably pretty easy to intuit what Danny has done. Victory will just go and will just grab hold of the handle of the door to try and wrench it open. I'm going to say a couple things happen at the same time. First of all, first of all, Brennan, I want you to roll to unleash your powers. I was going to ask if I could do one thing first, but you know, I'm being I'm being reckless. I'm making mistakes. So that is fair. Um, yep. So roll with freak. Okay. Uh, let's see. So that is a seven plus 
one for my adjusted freak label, so eight. So you can either, you do it, but you can either mark a condition or I can tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. Uh, I will take the latter. Very easy. What is going to happen then is that you open the door right as it looks like Danny is about to teleport to the other side. But Danny, nothing happens when you try. And Victory, when you jerk the door open, it flies open and hits Danny directly in the face, knocking him back. Excellent work with the door. I am upset. Are you bleeding? Am, am I bleeding? <laughs> you are bleeding, yeah. Your nose is bleeding. Um, I uh, put my hand underneath it and then crane my head backwards so that no blood gets on my clothing. Oh, <sighs> shit. D- Danny, dumb. You did not do this on purpose. I am not mad at you. I am just mad in general. Stupid! And uh, Alex is going to basically try to rip the entire door off of its hinges in a bit of rage. At this point, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, you fully just rip it off of the hinges. Probably not ideal, considering it was a door that was marking a barrier to something irradiated, but uh, (laughs) yep, probably going to take out part of the wall with it. Uh, And yeah, uh, Alex is going to have a bit of a moment. Uh, Wrecking shit. Uh, Generally, uh, (laughs) screaming uh, uh, obscenities, mostly at himself. All right, you do so. You're kind of throwing things around. You rip the door off its hinges. You're raising a general ruckus. The rest of you, what are you doing? Kaz is probably checking on Danny. Um, not that he can do much to stop the blood flowing. And it's just like, looks at Bethel and it's just like, you don't have a first aid kit, do you? <laughs> just Kaz is just like, nah, man, I do bones. Bones only. Yeah. may i borrow some of your bones to plug my nose i don't think that's how it works you can grab like a kitchen towel lyra's gonna like what lyra's doing is lyra's more concerned about the this because again you know lyra remembers alex before she hasn't said anything she's not gonna say anything but she remembers alex and this is very jarring and upsetting and like she knows he's mad he'd been mad since he came out of that meeting and so like what she's gonna do probably is when it seems like the door is low enough to the ground that he's not like gonna keep swinging it around she's gonna like try to push it out of his hand onto the ground and be like that's enough of that and with that alex will kind of almost like snap out of it (sighs) Do you feel better? No. Just with a towel in his mouth, you hear Danny go, oh. And then she's going to say, listen, I don't know what they said to you, but whatever it is, is bullshit. Whatever's going on in here is not your fault. So you need to calm down because you know what? We can't have you being a problem for the rest of us. You have to be helpful, just like we need to be helpful to you. So please stop. I can't be helpful, Bethel. I don't help people. I just, I just fuck things up. 
I'm going to fuck. This is usually the part where I storm off, but I'm trapped here. There's nowhere for me to go. Danny fuck. will remove the towel and put his hand on Victory's shoulder and say, please do not beat yourself up for this. You have done nothing wrong. here. I am okay. Do I have less blood inside of my body? Yes. But this blood is mostly in this town. And with time, I will regrow my blood. And then I will be perfect again. Just like you will be perfect again when you forgive yourself. So please, let's work together. Danny, you're a gem, buddy. You're always perfect. That's very kind. I have a lot of issues with stealing, apparently. Danny, would you like to roll mundane to comfort and support sure. our friend, Victory? Oh, I didn't know I could do that. Okay. He, he was just doing it to be nice. Oh, my mundane is, I don't think, very good. Ah, uh, it's a fail. It's a six. That's fine. You can mark a potential. Well, actually, wait, no, you do have influence over Alex, right? Yes, I do. So you get plus one to any moves you take against somebody you have influence over. Oh, then it's a seven. Then it's a seven, and you succeed. You did not succeed quite as well as Lyra did. However, you do still get the option, Alex, of marking potential, clearing a condition, or shifting your label. I think I will will just go to clear that angry condition. You are no longer angry. Danny has made you feel better. <laughs> I wish I was as nice as Danny is. Mm. True story. <laughs> Don't we all? All right. Okay. I can make this slightly less fucked. Everybody stay behind me. I'm pretty sure I can take several times the lethal dose of radiation than most of you can. Also, let me try and see how badly I've just irradiated all of us. And Alex is going to try to get in front of everybody and is also going to be, is going to be again, taking a deep breath this time. (sighs) Okay, Alex, you can do this. And is going to be trying to perceive outside of the, the normal uh, ultraviolet spectrum to try and perceive if there is any hazardous radiation in the area. I need you to roll with superior. All right. Uh, that'll be a seven plus zero seven. Seven is enough for a success, which means that you get to ask one question on the list here. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to say is what here is the biggest threat? As you shift your vision to perceive forces outside of the norm, it is an odd sensation because what you perceive is almost a fog, though one you know is not actually there that starts to roil up out of the basement. It seems to be sticking very close to the ground, so it starts to sort of spill out over your feet across the tiled floor of the kitchen. Obviously, you are the only one who can perceive that, but the rest of you hear what sounds like a heavy footstep on a stair, followed by another one. Slow and methodical, plodding, but getting closer. What do you do? Is it coming from the basement or from behind us? From the basement. It sounds like something is coming up the basement stairs. Glass claws back out. (laughs) Yeah, magic on, bones ready. Don't know what this thing's giving off, but it's something weird. Probably some kind of magic radiation. Some horrible magic creature here to give us cancer and or stomp us into the ground. Not sure which I prefer. 
I would prefer neither. I'm with Danny. As you're having this conversation and gathering yourselves out of the pitch darkness of the basement staircase, steps a tall figure that ducks to clear the doorway that leads down to the basement and then stands up to his full height. What you see standing before you is a man about six and a half feet tall, but he wears an olive green military uniform that has two gold stars set over a red stripe across each of the lapels. Over his face, a black metal faceplate that bears only a red star emblazoned across it. There are white gloves on his hands and he is wearing knee-high black leather boots. No, no, that's, that's not possible. Do you recognize that's, that's, him? You know this guy? This, no, the this head isn't real. to no. look directly at you, Victory, and um, raises one hand and says, Ah, the baby, Victory? We should. It is so unlike you to not make the first move. Honestly, Victory is just kind of frozen. But if you insist, I will oblige. And this person hauls back one arm. You all see a pinprick of light appear just at the very foremost inch of space on said fist that then rockets forward and strikes victory dead in the face, sending him flying back across the kitchen. And you will have to roll to take a powerful blow. Oof. All right. Can I try and rescue him with teleportation? Not in this particular instance, but we'll get there. Can I roll never give up, never surrender? Yeah. That basically replaces take a powerful blow for you. That was kind of my the way I read it, but I wasn't sure if there were some cases where it wouldn't. I mean, there probably would be. So the, the text of never give up, never surrender is as long as you are fighting somebody more powerful than you. Ah, uh, yes, yes. But I think this counts, yeah. This definitely counts, yes. <laughs> So that'll be an eight total. Remind me how that works, though. I, I do have your character sheets somewhere. Yes. So uh, basically, since I didn't get a total success, I got a partial success. I do mark a condition, but then I get to choose from a list of options. I am going to say I keep my attackers attention. So they are still totally focused on me and basically ignoring everybody else. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and mark afraid because, uh, yeah, no, this is a terrifying happenstance for Alex. It's not great. Yes. Uh, so you take this hit and it sends you flying back across the kitchen and slams you into a refrigerator, a surprisingly modern refrigerator. One of those double door stainless steel things that fully crumples in on itself as you hit it, almost breaking in half. And in the second that you are still reeling from that, this figure in the military uniform with this red star faceplate starts striding across the floor towards you and says, Come now. You're not going to make this that easy. Now, at this moment, because you all still have not selected a leader, I am going to say that you are clearly entering a battle as a team against a dangerous foe. So automatically, we're putting two in the team pool, which will bring the total to three. 
because you have not yet settled on who your leader is, we're going to skip all of the rest of the team stuff. So I'm just going to give you the base two because you do not know who is calling the shots still. What are the rest of you doing? I I hop in between them. I'm like, I'm like can I tackle this dude? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that or I was going to just stab him in the neck. So <laughs> <laughs> um, You can attempt to do both if you'd like to. Danny, you mentioned doing something first. So I'm happy to to go with that. You just want to tackle him, essentially? Yeah, I want to take him down okay, at the legs then, to try and knock him down. You are definitely going to be directly engaging a threat at that point, so you're going to roll with danger. A six. Okay. Mark potential. So, yeah, you try to grab him, and he reaches down towards you, but he doesn't even touch you. A white light starts to emit from his gloved hand. And the next thing you know, you are on the other side of the room where you started as if you had never even moved. Nobody teleports to you but Daniel. <laughs> Twice in one day. <laughs> Danny is having the worst day. Lyra. Uh, yeah. So, like, as he walks past towards victory, I'm gonna, like, swing up and try to get, like, on his back and then with the one hand just go right into like the side back of the neck. Because listen at no point did anyone ask Lyra what her feelings were on lethal mm. actions and someone who was locked in a basement who just showed up to kill someone she's not going to feel bad about it. That's fair. You are also directly engaging a threat so roll with danger. Oh it's flat. <laughs> you are not a very dangerous <laughs> bunch looking at the spread here. No. No. I'm, no. <laughs> but it's a seven. Nice. Very good, yeah. So you can pick one, resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I want to take something from him. What would you like to take? As I like dig in and I pull out, I want to hook under this mask and just rip off the faceplate. Just wrench that bitch right across. Rip off the faceplate. Alex, from where you are crumpled into the refrigerator, you look up and at first, this figure, this uniformed man is covering his face. So it's hard for you to see anything, but he straightens and moves his hand away and turns to look at Lyra. And as he does so, you unmistakably see the face of what looks like a much younger Dr. Charles McManus. Casimir, would you like to do something? I think I would. I think similarly to Lyra's logic, maybe not as extreme as she was getting, I think Casimir's uh, going to make a bone spear just to go through the sky. Cause what does that look like? Where are you getting these bones from? So Casimir uh, keeps bones embedded in all of his body jewelry as well as throughout his jacket. And when he activates his magic, which pops on as a purple shadowed light all around him. The bones just kind of start to float together and then they start regenerating and building on themselves until what were just a few specks of bone are now a spear long enough to impale a man with. Very cool. Since you are impaling a man, you're also gonna roll with danger. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> Not well, that would be a five. Ooh, that's that's rough. Uh, bark potential. <laughs> And once again, as you throw this bone spear, 
the now revealed figure raises one gloved hand, that same white light emits from it, and your bone spear decays before your eyes rapidly into dust that falls to the floor of the kitchen before it hits him. And at that moment, he is going to point both of those hands, redirect the one hand that he just used to disintegrate your spear, and point the other one directly at Lyra as they start to surge with white light, more powerful than you have seen since they came out of the basement. And they are going to say, so young, so disrespectful. Let us see what we can do about that. I'll spit on him. <laughs> Lyra, you are going to start rapidly aging. Your hair almost immediately starts to go gray and then a full-on white. Your body stoops as 60 years worth of arthritis and osteoporosis sets in over the course of seconds. You are going to... You're going to take a condition, but I will let you decide what condition. I'm going to get mad about it. Extremely fair. I'm going to get really fucking mad about it. So, yeah, Lyra, you are aging rapidly. Sure am. Would anybody like the spotlight? Does anybody want to do a cool thing? At this Can point... Can I kick the hands up? Yes. Sorry, what did you say, uh, Jamie? I, I was asking if I could kick the hands up away from her, like, like up into the air. You can, and Brendan, what were you saying? I was going to say that uh, Alex was going to try and redirect his attention back to him by getting up and delivering a line. Those are two different things, so you can absolutely both do them. We will say that they happen essentially one after the other. Danny, you are trying to defend someone, so you're going to roll with Savior to defend Lyra. And Alex, you are provoking someone, so you are going to roll with Superior. Uh, 10. Very good. Ah, that is a move. Ah, yes. That is going to be a 7. So I think it's way barely, barely end success. You do it, though. They can choose yes. one. So they will stumble, and you take plus one forward. They err, and you gain a critical opportunity, or they overreact and gain influence. We'll circle back to that in a moment, but first of all, Danny, you kick up that one of the hands that is directed at Lyra, and you do a very, very good job of it. He was clearly very distracted, and you are able to break his concentration. That light fades. Lyra, you start to slowly feel better. You start to slowly return to your young age and full health, but it is not happening nearly as fast as you aged under the light. And because you got a very good roll, Danny, you do not expose yourself to danger for your efforts. So we could maybe say that you kick his hand out of the way and then teleport to clearance, like in the same motion almost. Yeah, I want to be like dancing around him, like Nightcrawler attacking the White House. <laughs> what a time in, in history. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what are you doing to provoke this man? You hear from the pile of rubble and crumpled refrigerator, Alex just call out, Comrade! And he picks himself up, pops his neck, dusts himself off. I thought that your fight was with me. If you think that you can still tussle 
with this perfidious Yankee. Give me the best you've got. This person in the military uniform freezes, hearing this change in your tone, and fully spins on his heel to face you, gets down into a ready stance, and says back to you, much like myself, the USSR is forever. And you meet somewhere in the middle. He is going to begin raining blows down on you. That same sort of effect where like pinpoints of light are appearing at every moment of impact where he strikes you. What do you do? I am going to, at this point... I will say also this is him. I will say this is him erring and you gain a critical opportunity. I well, I was going to say at this point... Alex didn't have much of a plan for what he was going to do beyond this. His instinct is to do more punching about it, but what he is going to do instead is do his best to sort of turtle up and try to weather the hail of blows while he takes stock of his foe and the surroundings and where they are and where it looks like he came the, the the staircase that he came up from and try to assess the situation try to be more proactive than reactive okay so first of all then i'm going to want you to roll your move that replaces take a powerful blow yes roll never give up never surrender and then roll with superior okay all right ooh that is a 12 That's very good, and it sounds like you're probably fine. Yeah, so on a hit, I stand strong, and I get to choose something from the list. So I don't take a condition, and I get to choose something from the list. And I'm going to... At this point, so I'm going to say I continue to keep my attacker's attention. I'm going to try to... That's been my goal, is to keep him focused on me, to give my teammates openings. And then I am going to, uh, I guess maybe I'll even have a little moment there where I shrug off one of his strikes and just put up my dukes. And it's like, it's that kind of attitude that lost you guys the Cold War. Thank you for not saying I could do this all day. (laughs) I was trying to think of like a funny variation. Like I could do this forever. (laughs) (laughs) I could do this for a very long time. (laughs) An exceptionally long time. I can do this for about six more hours, and then it's nap time. (laughs) Such a mouthful. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't have the same ring to it. You turtle up, and remarkably, this hurts a lot less as you are focusing, as you are consciously ready for his strike. Now that he's not cheap-shotting you across the room, you're almost surprising yourself with how much you can take. And in that same sort of moment... As you are holding his attention very effectively, you are scanning the room, roll with superior. Uh, I got a seven. You can ask one question, and I'm assuming it is, how could we best end this quickly? Yeah. You recall from the Dr. Victory comics that while the temporal anomaly that powers the deathless comrade, his arch nemesis, prevents him from ever fully dying, it can be overloaded. If he grows enraged to the point where he uses too much of it, it will essentially overload him and he will be knocked unconscious. For the rest of you, Victory is just going toe-to-toe with this man whom none of you recognize because I'm assuming you have not read 
40-year-old Dr. Victory comics. But Alex is kind of just standing there, arms up, taking hit after hit. And you saw what that first one did. Lyra, you are steadily starting to feel better. Who would like the spotlight? I would like the spotlight. And I think Taz is going to do something that he's never done before. So we're going to see how this goes. But he's going to yell, Hey, fuckface, let's see how you fight without legs. And then he's going to use his magic to try and break this man's legs. Snatching his bones. Super cool. (laughs) So we're going to see how that goes. That goes very well. Good, okay. I just rolled two sixes. So that is a 13. Yeah, it literally could not have rolled better. So you get to pick two and trade blows. You can resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, which, you know, legs, maybe. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I think I would like to take his legs from him, and then I think I would like to make an opportunity for my allies by kind of taking his legs, leaving him more vulnerable to their attacks. Absolutely. Very cool. So then what is going to happen is his legs break at the femur, I'm assuming. They just kind of suddenly snap, and they go out from under him. In the same motion as he is falling, he is going to switch tactics slightly, grab Victory by the collar, and bodily hurl him with a angry and pained roar at Casimir across the room. You've created an opportunity, but you are about to take a powerful blow, and that powerful blow is named Alex. (laughs) (laughs) So roll 2d6. All right. All right. Eight. So this is a weird roll. Take a powerful blow is the only roll in this game that you want to fail. That's which right. means <laughs> that you have to choose one. You didn't critically fail. That would be a 10. With an eight, you have to choose one by lash out verbally and provoking a teammate to foolhardy action or taking advantage of your influence to inflict a condition. You can give ground and your opposition gets an opportunity or you struggle past the pain. Nothing bad happens except that you mark two conditions. I think in this instance, once again, I'm going to struggle past the pain and take two conditions. Which ones? Once again, I think we're going to go with angry and afraid. Okay. Because this has been a fucked up day and a fucked up time. It sure has been. In the aftermath of that, are struck bodily by Alex and his full weight, thrown by the Deathless Comrade. It hurts and slams you into the edge of the counters. Alex, you fall to the ground, not hurt, but aware of what just happened. But there is now an opening that has been created as this deathless comrade is basically on his hands and knees trying to gather himself. Would anybody like to take advantage of this opportunity? I will do so. I will do what... Alex has been avoiding up to this point, and I will directly engage. I will get in there. So I am going to take a minus two to this. I'm rolling danger, which I'm not. I'm not a danger boy. You're a savior boy. I'm taking minus two anyway. All right. All right. See how this goes. Big numbers. Numbers that are not small. Those are small numbers. Nothing wrong with more potential. 
That's true. Yeah, well, yeah. well upshot. Gonna mark potential. Uh, that's a three total. Mm. Oh my god. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark a potential. Yep. Yep. Mm. But yeah, you land, I think, in like a crouch. You see this opportunity. You leap for it. And unfortunately, you misjudge your own jumping power and overshoot your mark, kind of turn your body so that you're not hurt, but you do hit one of the cabinets shoulder first and it just fully cracks. Mm. Doesn't hurt you. No, but, but yeah, just your pride. Yep. In this moment, Lyra's going to do something that doesn't, she's recovering, but this doesn't require her to move. And what she's going to do is she's going to reach out to all of the glassware in this kitchen, like the cups and anything that has been broken at this point. And if there's a window in this kitchen, maybe even the panes from that glass. And she is going to pull them into sharp shards. And she's going to, in kind of a similar thought to Kaz of taking out the legs, but she's going to aim more deliberately for the wrists. Roll with danger. Hold on, let me double check. Is my condition affects the danger? I don't think so. You are not afraid. I think that is the one. Yeah, that... that's. I, I couldn't remember which one affected danger. That's. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Nine. No. Yes. A nine will do it. For a brief moment, you reach out for all of the glass that you know is in this kitchen the glass that is in the window, the glassware that is in the cabinets, even cutlery that is in one of the drawers. You reach out for it and it's not there. You don't feel glass. There is, as far as you can tell, no glass anywhere in this entire house. And then you focus harder. You buckle down on it. You try to control the glass harder than you ever have had to before. And then it's like a switch has been thrown. It's all around you. You can feel it in the window. You can feel it in the drawers. You can feel it in the cabinets. And it all shatters simultaneously as the air in the kitchen fills with shards. What did you roll again? It was a nine. It was a five and a four. All right. So you can pick one. You are going to, I assume, fill this man with glass. Sure am. Death by a thousand cuts, bitch. (laughs) And then you can pick one. You can resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I want to frighten him. This man should be scared. His legs are broken. He's on the ground. You strike him with glass in a thousand places, in some parts pinning him to the ground like you wanted. You hear him cry out in pain. Lara's gonna just, from where she's standing, she's gonna kind of like half bend over. So she's like more on that level. And she's gonna be like, crawl back into your hole. Danny, would you like to do anything? <laughs> While this is going on, uh, I am going to um, just drop kick one of his messed up legs to uh, try and continue to throw him off balance and also uh, make him, I mean, I don't know about the anger thing, but that is, you know, a possible side effect. Absolutely. I would say roll with danger. Uh, an eight. Eight. You can pick one, resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity, or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. He is already frightened. I think that a lot of me, what I've done to him, has been more annoying than anything. So I would actually like to uh, surprise him to uh, show him that I am less of a annoyance in general. As he is crouched there on the kitchen floor, 
Danny has just kicked one of his shattered legs. He is filled with glass. He is effectively pinned there. He starts shaking, and that same white light starts covering his entire body. As he is gathering this power, he says, That is quite enough. No more children. No more glass. No more victory. No more anything. And this light spreads over his body and starts building and building and building. You can feel the weight of it all around you as he glows brighter and brighter and brighter. And then at what seems like the apex, as the light is becoming almost blinding to all of you, he starts to shake harder. The light flickers like a light switch being turned on and off rapidly. And then suddenly he collapses with a noise like uh, an engine revving down. The light fades and he lays there still. I roll his body over and steal his medals. <laughs> you can do so. Out of curiosity, is his face still the same? It looks the same. Alex will pick the drywall out of his teeth and walk over. <sighs> Lyra will help Kaz off the floor. Guys, I know we're all just guessing here, but. Bethel, you you said you thought this place was haunted earlier, and I know it seemed like there wasn't anything upstairs when we went to look, but this guy is really real. Like, he's solid. I think we're outside of time somewhere. No, I've been there. It's a different color than this. All right, let's just roll him into the basement for now and try to stop this door back up. Yeah, that's going to be the best we can do. We're not going to be able to, you can't, you can't kill him. Can you, yeah, uh, can you, you seem to have a history. Um, Can you explain? So, um, as he begins to try and hoist him up and start dragging him towards the basement, this uh, is mostly, I think, Deathless Comrade. He, uh, he was big in the 80s. (laughs) <laughs> him and Doc M, they fought a lot back in the 80s and into the 90s a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I think the face is maybe a little bit of the original Dr. Victory that got stuck in the anomaly somehow. But you recognize him? Well, yeah, from the comics. Now that you all can see a clear look at his face, he has red hair that is in a very high and tight military cut and bright blue eyes. Almost startlingly blue. I think we should go into the basement before we bring him back down there. Just to make sure. Yeah, that sounds fine. He manipulates time. Some of my favorite people manipulate time. No, he sucks. Well, I don't think he's one of your favorite people. No. Um, He manipulates time. um, And you can't kill him. He's. You keep saying that. Why would we want to kill him? Why can't we just make him not mean? I think that's a bigger conversation than we probably have time for. We tried talking to him. I mean, yeah. So he um, he took the fall of the Iron Curtain pretty hard. This is like the souls thing all over again. I have a question. Is it about the Iron Curtain? It is. We'll talk about that later. We will have to go over that later. Okay. Um, the first thing you need to know: Lennon was a fuck boy of the Beatles. No, <laughs> no, no, honey. 
We have the Beatles, Greg. That's canon now. <laughs> the Beatles, community, there's a running list. The big two. <laughs> uh, so what is in the basement? Yeah, I think we all go down in the basement. So you have his body over your shoulder, and you're standing at the top stair of the basement, and then you hear, all of you hear a voice reverberating all around you. It's hard to tell exactly where it's coming from, but it's very loud, and it kind of cuts through everything you're hearing and rings in your ears. And it says, hello? Hello? Tree? Who are you? Look, wake up. And then a second later, louder and with a little bit more force behind it. This time it reverberates with what is unmistakably power behind it and says, wake up. And the next thing you all know, you are standing back around the tree in the parlor. The tree is in front of you, but just off to the side, staring at you incredulously, is a very tall, thin man in his mid-30s. He's pale, dark hair tired-looking eyes, like he hasn't slept enough. He's got a beard that is a little bit unkempt, but not out of control. He just hasn't trimmed in a couple days. But maybe most notably, he is wearing a bathrobe over a white t-shirt and a pair of boxers that have blue stripes on them and slippers. And he is holding a bowl of cereal in one hand, a spoon in the other, and he is staring at the four of you incredulously. Danny quickly checks his body for the medals. Oh, you don't have them. Do I still have the tope room? Yes. Okay. Didn't, oh, yeah, I was going to say you left that for the katana, but there is no katana. Is the tree, you said the tree is here. Is the tree in the pot or is it loose? Uh, no, it is loose. It is similarly to what you saw in the other place, sunk into the floorboards. And he points at it with a spoon and says, what did you do to my tree? I touched it. Well, what happened? It it did this, and then it made it heavy, and then it went upside down, and then it went right back side up. And then um, we were in a ghost house, and then someone had to teach me what a ghost is. And then um, we fought a guy in military fatigues, and then um, I lost my katana, in no particular order. Oh. He takes a bite of the cereal and says, so that's what it does. Okay. Hi, sorry to disturb you. Yeah, um, apology accepted. Are you students? Kind of. Because you're not supposed to be in here. You're not even supposed to be able to be in here. So that's weird. Yeah, we're like in the, we're in the older side work study program. Yeah, no, I mean... No, you're nobody's supposed to be able those doors don't open for pretty much anyone yeah so i heard when i was reading on this earlier but and i point directly at danny i'm like didn't seem to have a problem with him the doors opened for me very quickly but just a little it didn't open all the way okay uh that's weird are you okay he kind of like gestures at all of you with a spoon uh i'm infuriated and today has been miserable, but I think we're okay. So do you know, what, what is that tree? Where did we go? Oh, I have, I have no idea. It came with the place. I'm still figuring out what half of this stuff did. I just inherited it. Would you be interested in a trade? No. Danny eats another piece of the Toblerone in silence. Uh, it is really weird that the house let you in, though. I will, I will give you that. I don't know what that's all about. 
Are you magic? Do you do magic? I think I do magic. We think he does magic. He says it's science. To be fair, I don't know what it is. I just know that magic is science we haven't explained yet. It's what my dad used to say. Yeah, most of us do magic. You know, and I'm so sorry, sir. We are being rude, apparently, being in uh, your house. Um, let's let's maybe let's, let's start with the introductions. Maybe hi, I'm Victory. Do you do the, Do you always do the the pose? Um, most of the time, yes. Hmm. Cool. Uh, the rest of you, uh, Bethel. I start to hold out my hand like I'm going to shake it, and then I'm like, mm, no. I'm Spectral. I'm Danny, but you can call me. Uh, the, you can. I'm. I'm the stage. Because all the world's a stage. That's new. And I'm all that's left of my world. So I'm the world. And I'm the stage. Okay. Oh, honey. Is that bad? No, it's... No, no, it's not bad. I'll think of a new one. No, you don't have to. No, that's a good one. That That's good. We like it. Listen, guy. My first name was Artemis Eldritch. So, glass houses. This house is made of wood. Yeah, the uh, the observant. Uh, good. Uh, all right. My, I'm I'm Michael, Michael Ravenholm. This is Ravenholm Manor. Uh, welcome, I guess, to my house where I was eating breakfast. Well, um, I guess since we're not going to find out anything more about that tree or where we were, and since we are apparently yes, in fact, trespassing, I suppose we will. In that case, I mean, I could try to figure it out. Uh, me personally, I I would I would be greatly obliged if you could attempt that, sir. There were some concerning things uh, going on there, in there. Oh, I honestly thought it was just a tree. So, just out of curiosity, do you have in your kitchen? Uh, have you converted your basement into a prison for a radioactive supervillain? Who told you about that? And I point at the tree. <laughs> he laughs and is like, "No, I don't." What? <laughs> No, it's a basement. Okay, cool. Then, like, I don't think we have anything else to worry about. This sounds like internalized trauma. Yeah, there's a lot of that with magic. Great, so I guess we'll all do some group therapy now or something. Sure, yeah. I mean, the school has uh, counselors. My sister, for one, she's very good. You should talk to her. Who's your sister? Clara Perkins. (gasps) My friend! So you've met? Yes. We had lunch. That makes a lot of sense. I don't remember where we went. We had the San Francisco tree. That's very good. Listen, I can look at this if you want. And he uses the spoon to point back at the tree. Try to figure out what it is. Like I said, I literally thought it was just a tree. It's been there since I moved in. So I mean, for your own safety and the fact that it's now growing into your house, I would probably recommend looking into what it is. But on a personal level, I don't want to know what it had in store for. And I turn and I'm like, no offense, Alex. Honestly, I mean, no offense. I do not want to know what that tree had in store for me. Yeah, the floor thing is is concerning, but I think it's I think it'll be fine. The house kind of protects itself. Should be good. Although it is, once again, very weird that you were able to get, you said the door just opened for you? Yes. Well, there were sparks. And then I make a, like a mini portal in my, like I can do this. And there were like little versions of this. And they were like, so I followed them. And then we came here 
And then I knocked. It did knock. I did not just barge in. But then the door opened and then it brought us to the tree. And then you can just remember what I said about the tree earlier. That's wild. And you should definitely talk to a magic superhero about that. Uh, Out of character. Is there one on staff I would have already met at this point? Not that you would have already met. Yeah, you can ask about that, though. He says, of which I am not, just to be clear. So this has been... I thought you were Artemis Eldritch. No, that was a very long time ago. I don't do that anymore. He's also not on staff, Danny. He just lives here. That. Super that. Super not on staff. I just live here. Nope. Not here. This is my house. This is where I live. (laughs) Nobody else lives here. Oh, I thought you meant on campus. No. No. Are we... We're on campus still. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. I The house came with land. Leo needed a place to build the school. I had the land. The house protects the land. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. Um, except me, I guess, because he points to all of you and says, yeah, the house is on the campus because the campus is on my house. So we'll just leave before you tell us to. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah, enjoy your breakfast. Yeah, no, hopefully that cereal's not too soggy. Stealing your sword later. Good instincts, all of you. Very, you read the situation perfectly. He like goes to the front door and opens it for you and gestures for you all to leave and says, if I figure out what the deal is with the tree, I'll let you know. Good luck with your sparks and trauma. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course you do. Okay. You have a sword upstairs. Uh, yeah, one sword. Yes, upstairs. May I have it? Oh, no. Nope. No, not at all. Even if that sword was not a powerful magical artifact, my answer would still be no. Just from meeting you for five minutes. Okay. So I understand that it is something we can talk about later. No, I didn't say that. I didn't. I have not raised the possibility of a second conversation. <laughs> okay. I think it's a different sword, Danny, because there was nothing about the one we found that was magic. There was no magic. Do you have any non-magic swords? No. Hmm. I'm going to go talk to that teacher and then I'll be back. Don't come back. Uh, Don't do that. (laughs) Danny, we're not technically allowed here. (laughs) It probably won't work, first of all. So don't don't even try it. Although, technically speaking, I mean, the door did open for him. Once. I will phone ahead next time. Okay, look. uh, Sure. If it will get you to not show up unannounced whenever you want, we can set a time for you to come back when I am points to himself dressed and we can talk about what, what do you want to talk about? Um, you can teach me about, uh, souls. Oh God. No, Danny, he's not a teacher. No, as friends. Oh God. All right. Look, um, and then I will slip you the Toblerone and say, this is to sweeten the pot. And then Danny <laughs> will leave the house. <laughs> Bye. Teleporting or walking out the door? Yeah, Danny's teleporting. <laughs> Just to make sure that it works. Disappear in a cloud of magenta smoke in his 
in his living room, which he sort of waves his hand to dissipate. That's alarming. He's he's only been here like a week. We'll work on that. Yeah, he's new. Yeah, he seems very new to reality. This one. Cool. I was speaking metaphorically, but um, all right. No, we're talking literally. Great. Good. Okay. Well, uh, once again, sorry for any inconveniences you may have experienced while trespassing, yeah. trespassing into my house. Yes. And um, go, yeah. Yeah. go with, go with God. Yeah. Good. Go right. cool. yep. Thank you. Right. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. Yep. Right. He yep. shuts the door behind you. <laughs> So that is probably going to be a lot for these young heroes to unpack. But hey, at least Michael knows what that tree does now. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate any time you spend with us, either here or on Twitch. Your time and donations mean the world to us and the causes we support. Truly, we couldn't do this without you. If you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at LiveFromTheApoc, Instagram and TikTok at LiveFromTheApocalypse, or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, well, then feel free to give us a good rating and a follow on your podcast network of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined. It really does help us out so much, and we really appreciate it. The donation link to our Planned Parenthood campaign can also be found in the description if you would like to help out at this critical time. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday or any of our four other ongoing live stream campaigns that happen throughout the week over at twitch.tv slash live from the apocalypse. Thank you once again so much for joining us and I will catch you later. trying to decide i did not think about this i guess we have to do intros again because it's technically a new episode didn't think about that i mean we can do, do we? I, I feel like if they're jumping in on episode three that they that's their choice <laughs> we probably will have to do it but maybe we can set up like 10 minutes on a different day to do it in the future i'll think about this more and have a better plan for it um sorry about that you're witnessing this is how the sausage is made um behold our sausage <laughs> <laughs>